All right, Christmas is coming. Hopefully, we're going to follow suit with Vancouver and what they used to do. When I lived in Vancouver, it was a growing city, and this was in the uh, mid to late 90s. They had a lot of cranes in the sky, not nearly as many as we do, but they'd decorate them for Christmas. And I thought it looked really great uh, with Christmas lights. Toronto, by the way, has the largest number of major construction projects underway among 13 cities in North America. No shock there, huh? 120 cranes at work. And so the city has decided to do something about one of the busiest areas in Toronto, the Young and Eglinton area. Uh, This is after a woman lost her life when she was run over by a cement truck. It's just a tragic, horrible story. This is a pilot project that they launched yesterday. It's going to last a year. They're officially naming it the Construction Hub Coordination Pilot. Here to talk about it is Roger Brown. He's Director of Traffic Management at the City of Toronto. Welcome to the show, Roger. Good to have you on. Thanks. I really appreciate coming on. Well, listen, this is something that's been done before. It was modeled after a construction hub project in Seattle three years ago. Can you maybe get into the specifics on how it's going to work? Sure, exactly. I, as you mentioned, it, we got the idea from the folks in Seattle, uh, you know, rightly so. We, we are right now the number one city in all of North America in terms of cranes in the sky. Seattle is actually number two. And given the fact that they're a city the size of uh, about Mississauga, um, we really had to look to them to see, like, what sort of things are they doing? Um, how are they managing all that, uh, that construction within their city? There's a number of things that they've been doing that we've been doing, but the one thing that we found that really kind of separated them out from us was this whole idea of construction hub coordination. And if I can summarize it, essentially the idea is, you know, you know all of the construction that's happening within a very, very tight kind of confined space of narrow streets and with residences, with businesses, all within a tight area, each of those construction activities is being managed by their site supers, mm-hmm. but who's coordinating the right-of-way? And that's the role that we felt that was kind of missing. This is the piece where the city kind of steps in. And so the key to the program is assigning a construction hub coordinator. Um, so we've assigned uh, Stuart McGee as the new project manager who's going to be overseeing this, and he's the single point contact to help coordinating amongst all the various parties within that Young and Eglinton area in terms of access to the right-of-way in a manner to try and improve safety and the efficiency of their operations as much as possible. And, and, and I mentioned the, the efficiency side of it because, again, it's in everyone's best interest that they try to get out of there as quickly as they can, too, because minimizing disruptions is, is equally as important as, as uh, obviously, improving safety. And how is he going to make sure that he uh, schedules the right-of-way? Is he going to be working with all of the companies to say, okay, you're uh, going to be able to bring your cement trucks in this day. Uh, you've got a dump truck uh, coming in on, on this particular day. I mean, that's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in fact, this is the one thing we learned from the folks in, in Seattle in terms of how to go about doing this. This Thursday is going to be the first of these construction hub coordination meetings. And the secret to the whole process is the three-week look-ahead. Essentially, if you can imagine, they create a table where they ask each of the players within the neighborhood, tell me what you're doing over the next three weeks in terms of access to the right-of-way. And by looking at that, they'll have the ability to coordinate amongst themselves in terms of how do we go about minimizing disruptions to the traffic, I mean, to the public as, as possible. And at the same extent, if you see that there's a whole bunch of activity going on, and again, you've got this two, three-week look ahead, you can better plan in terms of how we go about managing that. Maybe we want to have a paid duty officer out there. Maybe with the new traffic agents program that we're working on, we want to have a traffic agent out there, specifically during that time period where we see that there's going to be a lot of heavy activity. But above all else, it really is about working with the partners within the neighborhood in terms of those constructors to make sure that 
they adhere to the rules of the road, if you know what I mean, in terms of, you know, there's certain access routes that we're going to allow them in. There's certain times of day windows we're going to allow them in. You know, we really want to avoid situations of have heavy construction traffic coming in right during that sort of 8.30, 8.45 window when parents and children are walking to school. Um, so really, uh, that is kind of the key to it, is having regular, frequent meetings with the parties, looking at that three-week look-ahead, and coordinating in terms of how best to manage traffic through those various issues, and at the same extent, how to streamline those issues to try and, and, and get as much happening all within a consolidated period, rather than crippling the neighborhood over a sustained period kind of idea. But Roger, you're working on a schedule, assuming that all the other companies' schedules will be uh, running like clockwork. Will there be fines given out to companies that don't follow the schedule? Well, this is the thing. So in working with the various partners, um, the idea is that we come up with this three-week look-ahead plan in terms of who's going to be in when they're supposed to be. Everyone's in sort of an agreement with respect to that. And you're right, quite frankly, if anyone's not adhering to the plan that we come up with, we do have to our, our capability to reach out to our traffic standards officers to basically report the situation and have them out there. Um, in fact, I think Whereas, I mean, in this particular neighborhood, we've had a lot of really, really good uh, working relationships with the various contractors within the area. So I, we kind of envision a little bit less of that. Okay. Um, but on the flip side, what we are going to be much more policing is just doing those regular walk-arounds in the neighborhoods. Because sometimes in various stages, especially when it pertains to subcontractors, that kind of thing, there could be things left over in the neighborhood, like barrels that shouldn't be there, or um, whether it's construction debris or boards of wood or things like that. It's, it sounds expensive. The program? Yeah. In actuality, um, for this pilot, we've essentially absorbed the costs, hmm. um, and primarily because we have a work zone coordination program. So it's really a case of pulling one of the individuals out of that program who has that sort of background expertise and specifically targeting them towards this area. And in parallel with that, we've taken some of the other resources that we had existing and, and reallocated them specifically for the purposes of providing support from both a traffic engineering perspective, like looking at some of the, the, the traffic management plans that are coming out of it, Maybe there's things like traffic signal timing plans we need to modify, that kind of thing. And in parallel with that, also uh, a project lead position that's going to be providing support from a communications perspective. Because obviously that's really critical. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that. Apparently you're going to connect travelers with real-time information. How's that going to work? Yeah, so we already have our Rescue Traffic Operations Center in operation. So they run 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Those guys are probably best known for those cameras you see on TV that are all fed into this room, and we've got operators that are monitoring and, and, uh, and basically managing traffic and incidents as they occur. So the hub coordination program is going to be very well coordinated with those folks to make sure that they're also given the three-week look ahead. And they're already, uh, like, so for example, if we see certain closures that are going to happen, that information automatically gets fed to the rescue group. The rescue group then get that information out to the media, um, out through the Twitter feeds, um, through any sort of social media outlet. What's, um, what's the Twitter feed going to be called? Uh, it's, I don't... <laughs> Sorry, I caught you yeah, off guard. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly, uh, we, we, we do have all that information. They'll post it on our website. We've actually updated our website with all the information um, specifically pertaining to the Construction Hub project, as well as uh, the work that we're doing in the neighborhood, as well as links to the Twitter feed as well, too. My apologies, I don't have it off the cuff. <laughs> do you know what the website's called? Yes, it's uh, Construction Hub TO, I believe is the Construction website. Construction Hub TO. All right, I'm all over that. Uh, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It sounds like an interesting project, Roger, and if it uh, works well, I'm sure you're going to implement this in other areas of the city. 
Yeah, yeah, we're really, really excited about this program, and we're really, you know, based on the experiences we've seen in Seattle, we're really confident that it's going to go a long way to improving safe and efficient operation of construction activities in the neighborhoods throughout the city. Roger, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Take care. Cheers. That's Roger Brown, Director of Traffic Management at the City of Toronto. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.